This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 19, and I'm James Eek. Jiu-jitsu is hard. It's hot. It's stressful. It can be uncomfortable. It sometimes hurts. It can be exhausting. So why do we do it? For some reason, out of all of that, we find something. Or at least in the midst of all of that, there are moments of clarity. Moments of getting in touch with something we don't normally feel, something we normally don't experience. Any good martial art will push you. Any decent martial arts instructor will drive you and test you. Jiu-jitsu, when done correctly, should put you face-to-face with all the things you carry around, things that weigh you down, things that scream out to you that you need to deal with them. Now. In our academy, we do a few things to help push ourselves on this path. Once a month, we spend two and a half hours doing continuous 20-minute rolling rounds without stopping. We'll hold shark tank sessions where one person has to roll with everyone for a certain duration with the new people coming in well-rested. On hot days, we'll close the windows to heat the place up and we'll start rolling with a person having our back to sink a choke in and lots of other things. We do all of this and more to push you. Sometimes to push you to a point that you've never experienced. Sometimes face-to-face with your inner demons. Sometimes to realize just how much more you have to give. It's hard. What we find in jiu-jitsu, if we're taught properly, is that our ego is the number one thing holding us back. Our ego with all the other tangential things it carries with it. When we learn to let these things go, not that we'll ever be able to completely make them disappear and simply accept what there is in the moment, the opponent, the obstacle, the pressure, the heat, the lack of room to move, what we find through jujitsu is that we can deal with it. We can deal with whatever life throws at us. When we can deal with someone trying to do all of these things to us, jujitsu doing these things to us, we also learn that jujitsu is providing us the way to not only deal with it, but get out. That there's always a way out. To find that way, to keep going, to not give up. Jiu-jitsu, in a lot of ways, becomes your superpower. Life itself is always going to be your greatest opponent. Life will always be a whole lot harder to deal with than any big, sweaty dude trying to crush you. When we start to see that and apply all the skills, all the traits, and all the coping mechanisms that jiu-jitsu teaches us, what we find is an improvement not just in our jiu-jitsu, but with our lives. Jiu-jitsu has a power. Jiu-jitsu is transformative. Jiu-jitsu is life. You just need to let go and accept it. Now.
So that's something that I wrote not too long ago. I posted it to uh, one of the websites that I put my writing on. It's not from my books. It's something that I wrote on the side there. And it's called Jiu-Jitsu Like Life is About Dealing with Discomfort. I think that, uh, well, no, I not even think, I know that out of 39 years and doing all of these different martial arts that I've done and training with all of the different people that I've trained with, I know without a doubt that jiu-jitsu has power. That's not to say that other martial arts don't, because they do. And if you follow me at all, you know that I truly believe that if you only do jiu-jitsu, you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice. You need to make sure that you're well-rounded. You need to, not that you're ever going to necessarily have to do the other things, but you have to know about punching and kicking. You have to know about kneeing and elbowing. You have to know about what it's like training with a weapon. You have to know what it's like dealing with bladed weapons. You have to know what it's like to deal with someone who isn't going to let you get near them. There's so much in your martial arts that you need to understand. And I really believe that focusing on just one thing, it's just going to make you a little lopsided. That's not to mean that you can't just do jujitsu, though. And I know in this day and age, you know, there's not time for everything. But if you can, train as much as you can. The way I look at it, when I am teaching my students, for instance, Silat, a Malaysian, Indonesian, Filipino martial art. I teach them Silat, but I will add in examples from Jiu-Jitsu. Not technique, but trying to explain to especially those that cross-train how this is applicable to that or how you would do this but not that. The same thing is if I'm teaching... Uh, knife training. And I'll explain how you should do this, but you have to be careful about doing that and how you need to make sure that you have balance in your training. It's just like going to the gym. You know, you might really want to have awesome looking arms so that you can walk around on the beach and, you know, look like you take care of yourself. But if all you do is take care of your arms. You can have these awesome arms, but your chest is going to be caved in and you're going to have little pencils for legs. And and that doesn't make any sense. But jiu-jitsu has power. It's because of the way that Brazilian jiu-jitsu has transformed itself from where it came from years ago through Jigoro Kano and Maeda, through the Gracies and the Machados and different people who've helped evolve it into this amazing and transformative and strategic and tactile and tactical martial art that it is. And it's still so new, but it is still, if you've ever done it, you'll know it is a powerful thing. What I love about jujitsu 
from the perspective of a guy like myself who's trained in a whole lot of different things and teaches a whole lot of different things, what I love about jujitsu is where it starts, everything else has already been defeated. If you do a weapon system, for instance, that is done at a certain range. If you do taekwondo or kickboxing or karate or jeet kune do, that, well, maybe not jeet kune do, jeet kune do is a whole lot of different things, but striking, um, it is at a certain range. Heck, if you practice sprinting, that is at a certain range. But when it comes to jiu-jitsu, you've been worn out through all that other stuff and the fight is now there. Someone has a hold of you and you have to deal with that. Whether they are smaller than you, whether they are younger than you, whether they are taller than you, whether they are stronger than you, whether they are crazed you have to deal with it because they are there and they have you and you have to do what you have to do. And as I say to my students, what you need is a jujitsu that is not only one that works, but one that works at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you have no other choice because the fight is on right then, right now, and everything's gone sideways. And when you start to see that that jujitsu power is there, the first time that you feel that you actually have jujitsu, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. It might be training with some, you know, young, fit dude who's going crazy on you and you defend yourself. It might be rolling against someone that has always given you a hard time and you manage to, you know, make it. It might be that first time when you're up against somebody and you find a submission. I don't know for you what your jujitsu dawning moment of revelation will be, but when you find it and you realize that you actually have jujitsu now that all that sweat all that work all that effort all that pain all that stiffness all that tapping all of it was worthwhile there's very little in life that feels the same as that and jujitsu what i love about it is it is such a long road some martial arts will give you a black belt after a few years if you're studying real jujitsu, you're looking at at least 10 years, if not more, of constant effort, constant work, constant patience, constant transformation. And then you get to somewhere that you can't even believe that you're at. And it has stages. Most of you, when you first step on the mats and you see the blue belts and how good they are, you would never believe you'll ever get there. But you will. And it's the same for every rank in jiu-jitsu. You'll get there. What you need to do is make that thing that you wear around your waist not even matter. Make it about the training. 
Make it about the control that you're learning. Make it about feeling that superpower that you're developing. And what you'll find is that what you get as a result, like I said, is like a superpower. And it's a superpower you already possess. And then you can go from there. And what you'll find is your jujitsu that you learn, all those things, how to chill out, how to breathe. Maybe it'll be about compassionate caring about other people. Maybe it'll be about the brotherhood and sisterhood that you feel for the other people around you. Maybe it'll be about the love you have for your teacher. Maybe it'll be about a whole lot of things. But all of that you'll take off of the mats. And that enriches your life so that your jujitsu is not just about on those mats. It's not about your gi and your cool new rash guard. It's not about the, you know, colorful thing around your waist. It's not about any of it. It's about everything else that is improved because of your jujitsu. That's why it's so important that you find a good school. That's why it's so important that you find good people to train with. That's why it's so important that you support your teacher and make sure that they know that you have their back and there's nothing that you would ever do to hurt them. You're there to help. You're there to support. You're there to grow. Because your training is like inheriting the most amazing and beautiful thing you could ever imagine and you're holding it in your hand and sometimes when you first get that thing you're going to take it and you're going to put it in your pocket and you're just going to forget about it and you're going to just go traipsing off through life and then eventually you'll be rummaging through those pockets and you'll pull out this thing and you'll be like oh my gosh this thing is so beautiful that I've been given and you'll wonder First of all, how you didn't realize how beautiful, how important, and how life-changing it really was. And then you're going to hold on to it. Then you're going to cherish it. Then you're going to truly understand what your training, what your fellow students, what the path, what your teacher, what it all meant and what it all means and just how important it actually is. And you're going to safeguard that. And you're going to want everybody around you to understand. And some will, but not all will. And that's okay. Jiu-jitsu, like life, is about dealing with discomfort. And like I said in the article... You just need to let go and accept it. Jiu-jitsu is life. So I got a question in from someone who listens to our podcast by the name of Chris. And Chris wanted me to talk about um, the more esoteric parts of the martial arts. And if I um, thought that as a practitioner of martial arts that you should be training in them. 
And there are so many different martial arts. You have to understand that almost every martial art, not all of them, but almost every martial art has an um, internal or maybe an esoteric aspect to it. Um, if you study Aikido you'll, or the writings of Ushiba Sensei, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Or if you study the Filipino martial arts, you'll probably have heard of anting-anting and other things. Or the work of the Filipino ilots. Um, there, there are a whole bunch of different things um, that some martial arts carry. Now, that is a very big and broad question. And I will answer it as best I can. I think that if you train in a martial art, you should study it thoroughly. That means you should dig right in and try to understand it. But you don't want to just understand it superficially. You want to understand it at a level that you are able to take that art and embody it and apply it. You don't just want to compile knowledge then you're just, you know, carrying around things. It, it, if you think in terms of there are people that know a lot about rocks and then there are a lot of people that know some things about metallurgy. And then there, <clears throat> excuse me, there are some people who know how you can take rocks and add some heat and make metal. Then, then there are some people that can take that and they can you know, fashion interesting things out of them using technology. But there are also people like blacksmiths who can take metal and know how to bend it, know how to forge it, and can, from this block a chunk of nothing, can make something like a sword. So you can have a whole bunch of knowledge you can understand about elements, you can understand about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But the application of that knowledge is really what you want. If you need a sword, that hunk of metal is not going to do you much good. What you need is the blacksmith who can take that, that chunk of nothing and make it into something. So in your martial arts training, you want to be kind of the same way. You want to be able to take your knowledge, research, develop, and find out what it all means. That means you have to study the culture. That means you have to study different viewpoints. That means you have to read as much as you possibly can, and you should, you know, seek out as much information as you can, but then make it something personal. Now, does that mean that, for instance, if you study Silat, that you should become Muslim? And no, that obviously you don't. But to understand the aspects of Silat, you should probably have an understanding of the Islamic influence with Silat and what that means to the martial art. If you study the Filipino martial arts, you don't have to necessarily practice anting-anting, which, you know, some people have different definitions of it. I, I'm not going to get into it, um, but it, it, it's almost 
similar, I guess, in some ways for those who don't know. It's almost as if you are um, using um, charms and prayers and things like that to protect yourself and protect others. Does that mean that you need to practice that yourself? No, of course not. But you need to be open-minded about it. You need to understand that there is perhaps something there and that you need to understand that there are others in time and perhaps in the present who do practice that. Um, just like he lots still do their thing and that's okay too. Um, when you study a martial art, it's important that you try to understand it and make it part of you so that the martial art isn't separate from you and you're not losing aspects of it. So I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is you should be open-minded, but you should also have a discriminating mind. So you need to be able to say, um, this is interesting, I'm going to look into this, but I also understand that this aspect of it is not for me. Um, but I can still respect those who do. Um, just because... Silat, for instance, had an Islamic background doesn't mean that um, someone who is, you know, a Baptist couldn't do Silat. It just means that, you know, they accept that it, the fact that it, it did at one point have an Islamic background to it and, you know, understand it from that perspective. And maybe your Baptist background will help amplify your understanding of Selot too. Um, just like the, um, you know, chanting or the charms or the prayers of some aspects of Kali can help you understand what the grandmasters of the system were trying to teach. Does that mean you have to put all your eggs in that basket? No, of course not. You have to find your own way as well. And going back to jujitsu, that's one of the things I really love about jujitsu is it's not a cardboard cutout view of a martial art. You are going to spend so much time in it that you will understand all the aspects of it, but your jujitsu is going to be personal to you. It, you will not have the same jujitsu as your teacher or as um, Carlos Gracie or whomever. Your jujitsu will be yours. And so too should your Kali be yours and your, you should be your Kali or your style of karate should become part of you. And I know that might go against what my, my, I myself was, was taught doing goju, for instance, and what some of the listeners might have been taught that, you know, you need to fit this form and make it look like this and that, that, is the case you want to sink your horse stance for instance but what if you can't what if there's something up with your hips does that mean you can't do that you know what if you're missing an arm does that mean that you can't practice this kata because the person who created it had two arms 
No, that's ridiculous. You want to make your martial art part of you and you part of it. And you want it to um, amplify your life. So there you go. I hope that answers your question, Chris, in a roundabout way. Uh, so yeah, you know, if you're studying a martial art, dig into it as much as you can. Read as much as you can. Um, take a look at every part of it, the history of where it came out of, the individuals who made it up, the things that were going on in, at that time in that place. And like I've said to my students before, uh, don't have a um, narrow view of the, the martial arts. Don't think that just because a martial art comes from Okinawa that it doesn't have anything to do with you being someone from Sweden. Um, because on this planet, despite what some narrow-minded and twisted and backwards people would have you believe there's only one race and that's the human race we're all just one and the story of the songhees people or the nichalnath people or the hawaiian people or the the malay people the people from the indus valley all of these people are us. They're us. We are not a whole bunch of different, cut off, separated people. We're all one. And when you train the martial arts, understand that culture helps you understand yourself. Understanding the people that created it and what they were going through helps you understand yourself. And that is one of the things that is powerful about the martial arts that will change your life. So there you go. So if you're enjoying this podcast, there's a few things I'm going to ask you to do. Number one, if you're listening to it on Google or if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this Make a review of it, please. Give, give it some stars. Give it some words. Let me know and other people know how much you're enjoying it. The next thing is, if you are enjoying this, realize that this is um, obviously free. And what you can do to help support me continuing on doing this like i've heard from a few people that you hope i do um is help support what i'm trying to do and that is get the message out there about the power and the ability of the martial arts to do its thing and how you can do that is a few things share this podcast to your friends put it all over your facebook tell your buddies at work and the people at the gym about it. Um, pick up a copy of one of my books you can find through Amazon, through Kobo, through Kindle. Um, join the Facebook page that we have set up. And let's make this something that continues to grow. I was just looking at the, the rundown of 
the podcast and there have been already i mean it's relatively a new podcast and there's already been over 950 people that have listened to um, the podcast and that's great that makes me very happy and i'm not going to i know a lot of podcasts have things that you know if you really like it join up and pay a month no i'm not going to make you guys pay anything i think that's ridiculous what I would hope is that if you enjoy this, that you're going to spread the word and that you'll pick up a copy of my books and, um, you know, just help make the martial arts what it should be. We're in a, a transformative time for martial arts where um, things are becoming very commercial on one side and very sport-oriented on the other. And people are forgetting that uh, the essence of the martial art is that idea of Budo. And Budo is always something that is life-changing. So let's keep that going. Um, And then the other thing is if you have questions and comments, please send them in. Um, You can always reach me through the Facebook page. It's pretty easy to find. Just go into the Facebook and search for Warrior's Way Podcast. Um, and I think that is all I have for you today. So get out there, hit the mats, get in some training, make it fun, make it creative, drag a friend to train with you, change your life for the better. Thanks a lot.